Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Man, come on, be seated, be seated. Church, I'm excited. It is my, it is my joy today, my assignment. I'm preaching the gospel from a place entitled, He Nailed It. Somebody say, He Nailed It. Come on, now look to your neighbor and say, he nailed it. Come on, he nailed it, he nailed it. Now, see, I believe days like this are important. I believe days like this are important because sometimes we like to just pass over these days and say, oh, well, let's just get back to normal. Days like today are beautiful. Do you want to know why? Because days like today, we need to remember that we're serving a risen Lord. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this. I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians. He made this statement. How many of you guys know if Jesus hadn't gotten up, this would kind of not be a good thing for us? <laughs> this wouldn't be a good thing. I want you to look at this. Go, uh, go to that first, first scripture, 1 Corinthians, right here. This is what Paul said. He said, if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. So if that's the reality and if Christ hadn't gotten up, there wouldn't be reason for us to be here today. Because how many of you guys know we're not a part of an institution? We're a part of a kingdom. Come on, somebody. And we're a part of a kingdom, listen to me, where, where the king hasn't come and gone and he's buried. We're a part of a kingdom. Yes, he died, but he got back up with all power and authority. In fact, Jesus declared in Revelation chapter 1, he said, yes, I am the one who died, but I have life. I got up. I am alive forevermore with the keys of death and the grave. And so if you're thankful you serve a risen Savior, come on, somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. He holds those keys, that power and authority. And so we're seeing today that we need to have this time. We need to have these moments where we remember and rejoice in what God has done for us. But today I want us to see the entire story from death to life because I believe for us God's greatest creation. How many of you guys know we're God's greatest creation? Listen, my puppy is impressive, but not like you guys. Come on. We're God's greatest creation. And listen, when Jesus came and died and got back up, he did that so we could be in right relationship with the Father. So we could be in right relationship with the Father. And so I told you, I believe this sermon is either going to represent your testimony or going to show you transformation that Jesus died to give you. But we're talking about today this beautiful subject. He nailed it. He nailed it. Somebody shout one more time. Say, he nailed it. He nailed it. So if you've got your Bibles today, you've got a device, turn or tap with me. We're going to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. By the way, you guys look good today. Come on, you wore your Resurrection Sunday best. Come on, somebody. I wore a coat today. I've even got on dress socks. You're welcome. Come on. I came. I, I was like, babe, can I wear my Jordan? She said, no, dress shoes. I said, no. She said, Derek. I said, okay. I put up a fight. It didn't. <laughs> I lose a lot. Come on now. <laughs> But I went in Jesus. Okay, all right, here we go. Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2. I want you to see this. What a beautiful text. It says, you were dead. Somebody say dead. You were dead because of your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. That's before Jesus. Then God made you alive. Somebody say alive. Then God made you alive with Christ because he forgave. Anybody thankful Jesus forgives us? Oh, he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges. 
against us. Here it is. And took it away by nailing it to the cross. He took our record of wrongs, all of our mistakes and charges, and took it away by nailing it on the cross. And we're going to see this in verse 15 in a minute. It says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory. Somebody say victory. By his victory on the cross over them. But right here in verse 14, we see what we're talking about today. Jesus nailed it. Jesus nailed it. Now, if you know something about this phrase that nailed it, it's actually a pretty common phrase in our culture today. The phrase nailed it means to do something exactly right or to do something perfectly. And the phrase nailed it is used in so many different settings. Let me give you some examples. When the gymnast sticks their landing at the end of their routine, they nailed it. When the chef makes the perfect dish, they nailed it. When the vocalist hits every right note from start to finish. How many of you guys know that's us in the shower? Come on. When the vocalist hits every right note from start to finish, they nailed it. Listen, when the, when the, when the artist creates a masterpiece, they nailed it. When Evan McPherson kicked the Bengals to the Super Bowl, he nailed it. Come on, somebody. He nailed it. But listen, hey, you know, it's funny. When Melissa and I got engaged and she introduced me to all her friends, her friends said, girl, you nailed it. Come on. That's what they said. Okay, to listen, to, to, to be fair, that's what everyone said to me, but it still works. It still works. It still works. But I'm thankful that as we see this and understand this, that when Jesus went to the cross, he literally, he figuratively, he even metaphorically, he nailed it. Why? Because Jesus did it perfect. You say, Pastor, how did Jesus do it perfect? Because he is perfect. There's no wrong. There's no darkness in him. When he went to the cross, he did it exactly right, and he nailed it. He canceled every charge. He canceled every wrong, everything that we had ever done. Jesus said, I will watch me. I'm going to nail it to the cross, and then you're going to walk in victory from this point forward. Come on, somebody look at your neighbor and say, Jesus nailed it. Come on, Jesus nailed it. Jesus nailed it. And so we understand that Jesus nailed it. And I'm thankful. Listen, when Jesus nailed it, everything for humanity changed, and it changed for the better. When Jesus nailed it, everything for us changed, and it changed for the better. And so when I look at this text from Colossians chapter 2, I see three distinct parts of the story. And I want us to look at them together so we can receive them, rejoice in them, and celebrate this. Listen, celebrate that when Jesus was nailed, Satan failed and we prevailed. Come on, somebody. Come on, when Jesus, I was going to get better than that. When Jesus nailed, Satan failed and we prevailed. Now, I want to tell you, I got, some, I got some rhythmic goodness to my sermon today. I got some creativity. So we're going to laugh together. But listen, there is power in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, somebody say amen. 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 Now, I got my guys up here, Pastor Brad and Damien. Go ahead and give it up for them. Man, they are <laughs> handsome, good-looking. And see, you guys didn't know it. You see Damien on stage singing and playing, but he's an actor too. Come on, somebody. He's a triple threat. Pastor Brad's up here because he's going to help me nail something because they don't let me touch a hammer around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> but I want to show three distinct parts of this series, and I want it to come alive so we can see it today. Because these three distinct parts are this. It's uh, before Jesus was nailed, but when Jesus was nailed, and because Jesus was nailed. Before Jesus was nailed, 
But when Jesus was nailed and because Jesus was nailed, and I told you, we're going to have some fun. So let's start right here. Before Jesus was nailed, I told you, we got some rhyming going on for a minute. Before Jesus was nailed, we were confined to jail. We couldn't make bail and we couldn't help but fail. That's the truth. How many of you guys know that's the truth? Let me show you really quick. Before Jesus was nailed, we were confined to jail. See, the Bible says in Galatians 3, says the scriptures declare that we used to all be prisoners of sin. We used to all be prisoners of sin. And listen, we weren't confined to a physical jail, but a spiritual jail. A spiritual jail because we were all prisoners of sin. You even saw in verse 13, Colossians 2, it says we were dead. Why? Because we were slaves to sin. Even verse 14 said that we had a record of charges. Listen, who has a record of charges? Criminals. Where do criminals go? They go to jail. And so you see that, that before Jesus was nailed, we were all confined to jail. Now, Damien's going to be confined. Go ahead and have a seat. You're in prison. Be dejected. Come on. Here we go. Prison, thank you, sir. Remember, he's an actor. He's nailing it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I told you we are going to laugh. Listen, if you came to be serious today, this is the wrong place. <laughs> but you say, Pastor, why are you having so much fun? Because Jesus has already done it. Listen, there's no pressure. We're celebrating that Jesus is one. So look to your neighbor and tell him to chill out. Come on. <laughs> but see this. Before Jesus was nailed, we were confined to jail. But even worse, we couldn't make bail. So how could we not make bail? Because the Bible says that we had a record of wrongs. Listen, there was a debt that we could not pay. Let me show you. Hebrews, is it Hebrews chapter 9? Let me look at my notes. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 10. I was close. Hebrews chapter 10. We find that we saw in verse 14 of Colossians, there was a debt that we couldn't pay off. But see this. It says, under the old covenant. The priest would stand and minister before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. The same sacrifices all the time. And it would cover them for a short season, but it could never really take it away. And so we have to see something. Before Jesus was nailed, we could not make bail. We could not get out. Listen to me. Humanity had nothing to offer God that could set us free. Humanity had nothing to offer God that could set us free. And then it even gets worse. We were confined to jail. We couldn't make bail, but we also, we couldn't help but fail. We, listen, victory was always beyond us before Jesus was nailed. The truth is this, is that we didn't understand it was always beyond us. Why? We couldn't help but fail because our master was not Jesus then, it was sin. See, Romans chapter 6, verse 14 talks about how sin used to be our master. I don't know if you know this or not, but before Jesus, you absolutely had a master. And you weren't a son, but you were a slave. Before Jesus, listen, if you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus, listen to me. The Bible is very clear. All of us, if we don't know Jesus, we are slaves to sin. And sin is our master. And so the truth is, is because sin was our master, we couldn't help but fail. Freedom and victory were not possible for us before Jesus nailed it. So I want you to see this today because it's important to see all three parts of this story. Before Jesus was nailed, we were confined to jail, we couldn't make bail, and we couldn't help but fail. But when Jesus was nailed, come on somebody, here, here we're going to go again. But when Jesus was nailed, he bled and prevailed. He kicked Satan's tail and he tore the veil. Come on now. Oh, I'm excited. 
Now listen, listen. I'm going to preach for a little bit. Can you look to your neighbor and say, he's going to get rowdy. Come on, tell him. I'm going to get rowdy for a minute. I'm going to get rowdy because Jesus has been so good. Has he been good to you? Make a little noise if Jesus has been good. He's been good. He's been good. But when Jesus was dead, he bled and prevailed. He kicked Satan's tail. He tore the veil. But let's talk about how he bled and prevailed. How many of you guys know before Jesus, God required the blood of animals to cover sins? He required, under the old covenant, God required the blood of animals to cover sins. But remember what we just saw in the Bible. Even though it might have covered sins, it really couldn't take away sin. It really could not remove sin permanently. See, look at what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says. It says, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. So Jesus came then, church, listen, understanding that his blood would be required for us to truly have right relationship with the Father. He came knowing that his blood was required. So I want to tell you something. Only the blood of Jesus would do. Only, I'm going to talk about blood on Easter. Come on, somebody. Pastor, that's gory. No, the blood of Jesus is glorious. The blood of Jesus is glorious because it was the blood of Jesus that purchased us. It was the blood of Jesus that redeemed us. It was the blood of Jesus. He walked up to Satan and he said, hey, I got them. I paid for them. They're mine. Leave them alone. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. That's why the Bible says, what can wash away? That song says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise for his blood. Give the Lord praise for the blood of Jesus. See, let me show you. Because only the blood of Jesus could redeem us. Hebrews chapter 9 says, But Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Was he redeeming himself? He was redeeming us. He was redeeming us. So only the blood of Jesus could redeem us in the sight of God. Only the blood of Jesus could bring us into a place of reconciliation where we could know the Father in an intimate way. And so we need to see something. When Jesus bled, he prevailed. Why? Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus purchased us. Listen, his blood brings us peace. His blood, put, blood, blood puts us in position to receive the kingdom of God, and there is power in the blood. Did you know that Jesus, his blood purchased the church? Like, listen, today we're in a building. This building is not the church, but the people of the church. Look what it says in Acts 20. It says, that, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so we see something. We have redemption because of the blood of Jesus. He bled, but listen, when he bled, and then if you remember John 19:30, he was bleeding and he said, it is finished. He said, it is. Somebody say, it is finished. What was he saying was finished? He in that moment was declaring that all the debt, every record of wrong was finished. Guess what happened? That's when Jesus nailed it. Come on, somebody. That's when Jesus nailed it. He canceled every record of wrong. He canceled every debt. Listen, when Jesus nailed it, it no longer prevailed. But that's when you started to prevail in Jesus' name. So listen, hey, if you've got those nails, 
If you've got those nails, I've got multiple things in my pockets. If you've got, come on, take them out. Why are they in little baggies? Because they have this, this something on them. Every time you rub them, they get black on your fingers. And what we did not want to happen is we messed up somebody's nice Easter outfit. Well, I don't need a mama getting upset at me because we had to give them two donuts then. Come on. <laughs> but I want you to look at this nail. Listen, this nail represents every it in your life. You say, oh, I don't, I don't have any it's Pastor, all my it's are itty-bitties. Listen, if it's an itty-bitty or a biggie-wiggy, you still have some it's. You say, well, well, I used to have it's. Oh, okay, well, maybe you did, but maybe there's some people today that aren't perfect that still have a few it's in their life. Listen, understand, when Jesus was being nailed, he was actually nailing it. When Jesus was being nailed, he was actually nailing it. Think about it for a minute. Because this, it represents somebody, some, something different for everybody in this room. Some folks, for this, it, it represents shame. Represents addiction. Represents guilt or pride or, 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 or lust or fear, anxiety. All of these it's represent something. But I came with good news today to let you know, Jesus nailed it. Come on, somebody. Jesus nailed it. See, when he said, listen, when he said it is finished, when he said it is finished, what we find in the word of God and what we find in our hearts and lives, that all these it's that were there and they were real. Listen, before Jesus nailed it, these it's prevailed in our lives. But when Jesus got nailed, he started nailing it because what did he do? Go ahead, Pastor Brad. He started to say, you know what? It's finished. Shame is finished. Fear is finished. Depression is finished. Anger is finished. Greed is finished. Lust is finished. Pride is finished. Sin was finished. It is finished. Every wrong thought, every wrong action, every wrong deed was finished because Jesus nailed it. Jesus nailed it. Jesus nailed it. Come on and give the Lord praise that he nailed every inch. He nailed everything in your life. And because he prevailed, you prevailed. Because he's victorious, you're victorious. Come on, if you're thankful, Jesus nailed it. Give him one more shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, he nailed it. He did it perfectly right. These ants have no more power over you. Why? Because he legally took their power and authority. He took every power and authority, and he said, you know what? I nailed it. I'm the perfect Passover lamb. My blood is sufficient. It's covering and cleansing everything, and he nailed it. Somebody say he nailed it. He nailed it. Remember something. He didn't nail it for himself. He nailed it for you and me. Hear me today in this room. If you don't know Jesus, he didn't get nailed for himself. He nailed it for you and me. He nailed it for you and me. But let's go further because after he bled and prevailed, guess what he did? He really kicked Satan's tail. Come on, somebody. He really kicked Satan's tail. Let me explain how he kicked Satan's tail. Because I believe this is something that's shout-worthy on Resurrection Weekend. If you look at Colossians 2, verse 15, it says, In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. The New King James, the King James says it like this. It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So I want you to see something today. Jesus did not just prevail. 
But when Jesus was nailed, listen, but when he was nailed and he said it is finished, he also threw a party and he plundered hell. Come on, somebody. He threw a party and he plundered hell. Let me show you what I mean. Because when Jesus said it is finished, that is when he legally stripped demonic rulers and authority of their power and authority. Now let me make something clear. There is still evil in our world today. We see it, we understand it. There are still demonic powers and principalities that still roam the earth. But all they can do now is try to intimidate and deceive. They no longer have power and authority. Let me put it this way. Honey, they got a gun, but there's no bullets in it. They still have some stuff, but the power and the authority is gone. Because when Jesus nailed it, he took all of it. He said, I nailed it. It's mine now. And so what did Jesus do? I want to show you two words from the Greek that's in that text that shows you what happened when Jesus nailed him. Because how many of you guys know when Jesus died, there was some stuff happening in the spirit realm? Other folks couldn't see it. They thought he was in the tomb. No, Jesus was active in the spirit realm. Come on, somebody. He was active. And here's what happened. If you go back to Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 15, I want you to see this. There's two words. The first word there, the word openly. When it says he made a show of them openly, that word is the Greek word parousia. Parousia. And it denotes boldness and confidence. It denotes boldness and confidence. What did Jesus do? In the spirit realm, he boldly and confidently made a public display of his victory over Satan in the kingdom of darkness. He made a public display. He let the host of heaven, just like there's a host of darkness, there's a host in heaven. Come on, somebody. There's a host in heaven, and he made a public display of what had happened. Even more, the word triumph that you see in verse 15. The word triumph is the Greek word threambiosa. Threambio, threambio. And it's what it means. It's a technical word used to describe. It means triumph over, but it's used to describe a general or an emperor that would return home from a grand victory in the enemy's territory. It's deep for a minute. Now go with me. Let's get deep for a minute. What, what would happen when those words were used in that culture, it would describe when an emperor would go in and it would destroy an enemy territory. And here's what they would do. They would come back to their territory and they would throw a party. They would have a parade. And the emperor and all the people that, that went with the emperor or the general and they won victory, they would have a parade literally through the gates of that city or the gates of that territory. And everyone would come and watch. And the emperor would bring all the people that won with him. But guess what he would do? He would also display all the things they took from the enemy. He would also display all the things, all the, all the weapons, all the assets. He would publicly display that, and people would just be celebrating that their country, their, their territory had been victorious. But here's the best part. Not only would they do that, but the very last person to have to march through that parade was the other general emperor who had lost. Because what would happen is they would, they would literally shame that other emperor. They would bind him up. And they would literally just shame him. He would have to walk through a parade of everyone else saying that he was defeated. He was overcome. He was defeated. And guess what happened? When Jesus said, it is finished, he literally kicked Satan's tail and he plundered hell. Because what did he do? He let the host of heavens know openly and publicly, I'm disarming you and I've taken it all. And Satan, you have no authority anymore. Listen to me, Jesus did that, not for himself, but for you and me. 
And I want to tell you something. I'm so thankful that Jesus, when he nailed it, can you just imagine with me just for one second, just for one second. People say, well, Jesus, now what about shame? He said, I nailed it. Jesus, now what about fear and anxiety? I nailed it. What about addiction? I nailed it. What about the things of this world that tried to overcome? No, you don't understand. I nailed it. I took all power. I took all authority. The enemy is defeated, and it's not even close. I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I nailed it. Listen, he kicked Satan's tail, and he has all power. He has the keys of death and the grave, and when you believe in Jesus, you walk in victory in every part of your life. Are you thankful that he kicked Satan's tail? Come on, somebody. So when Jesus was nailed, he bled and prevailed, he kicked Satan's tail, but he also tore the veil. He tore the veil. See, if you don't know anything about the Old Testament, in the temple in the Old Testament, there was a veil that separated the presence of God from the people of God. Go read Exodus 26, Leviticus 16. And what you can find is that there was this thing called a veil that it separated the holy place from the holy of holies. The Holy of Holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was. The Holy of Holies is where the presence of God resided. And what would happen is the only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement, and he would have to sprinkle the blood of an animal on the veil, and then God would let him come in. But when Jesus became the Passover lamb, when Jesus shed his blood, the Bible says that that veil was torn from top to bottom. What does that mean? That means because he shed his blood, the separation between God and humanity was gone. Let me show you, Matthew 27, put it on the screen, Matthew 27. says, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. That's when he said, it is finished. And he yielded up his spirit. Go to verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Let me tell you why this is important. It is in that moment that you could begin to have a personal relationship with God. It stopped being about religion. It started being about relationship. When Jesus nailed it, he nailed it so you could know God the Father as he knows God the Father. Wouldn't it be horrible that if we still had to be at a place where all we knew God was this corporate deity, that we didn't know him as father? But I'm thankful because Jesus, when he was nailed, he tore the veil. And it allowed us to call God, Daddy. Anybody thankful for Jesus? Listen, Romans 8, Romans 8 says that we can now call God Abba, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God is not just Jesus' father. He's my father. He's our father. I want you to do this right now. I just want you to slip up your hands for a minute. And I just want you to thank Jesus that he tore that veil. I want you to thank him. It's no longer about rules and religion, but it's about relationship. 
Just take a minute and just say, Jesus, thank you that you tore the veil. Jesus, thank you that your blood was shed so we could know God as Father. Jesus, thank you that we now have a real and personal relationship with the Father because you were nailed. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you tore the veil. Come on, if you're thankful, somebody say amen. 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 And I'm grateful we have a personal relationship with Jesus. So you can see, before Jesus was nailed, but when Jesus was nailed, and listen, that's the end of my rhyming because there's only so many words that rhyme with nail. And I didn't want this sermon to get stale. Come on, somebody. I told you we were going to laugh. I told you. But listen, this is the best one. So you see it now. Before Jesus was nailed, we were confined to jail. We couldn't make bail, and we constantly failed. But when Jesus was nailed, he bled and prevailed. He kicked Satan's tail, and he tore the veil. And here's the best part. You ready? Because Jesus was nailed. Because Jesus was nailed, guess what we now have? We have life. We have freedom and we have victory. Come on, give the Lord praise. We have life, we have freedom, and we have victory. Come on, I want us to see this today. Because Jesus was nailed, we have life. We saw it before Jesus, we were dead in darkness. Before Jesus, we were confined to a spiritual prison. We couldn't pay the debt. We could not even get close to having freedom and victory. But because Jesus was nailed, listen, come on guys, help me out. Damien, come on, stand up for a minute. Because Jesus was nailed, when he said, listen, get this nail back up for a minute. Every it in our lives, everything that separated us from Jesus because Jesus was nailed. When he cried, it is finished, those it's begin to be nailed. Shame was nailed. Come on, pain was nailed. Grief and addiction, sexual immorality, fear, worry, all of it, Jesus nailed it. And because Jesus nailed it, we have life, we have freedom, we have peace, we have joy, we have goodness. Come on, if you're thankful we've got life, give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, he nailed it for you. He nailed it for you. He nailed it for you. It's the life, church. It's the life, hear me, where your past is forgotten, your future is restored, and your present is absolutely renewed in Jesus. Listen. It's not just life, it's life more abundant. What did he say in John 10, 10? I've come to give life and life more abundantly. That word abundantly means overflowing. No longer does your life have to overflow with its, but it can overflow with freedom and joy. It can overflow with the goodness of God in every part of your life. Because Jesus was nailed, you have life, and you have not just life here, but you have life in eternity forevermore. If you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. But I go further. Not only do you have life, because Jesus was nailed, you also have freedom. Somebody say freedom. Do you know there was a supernatural anointing on the life of Jesus to break every yoke of bondage? There was a supernatural freedom to literally break every bondage that was on humanity. And I'm going to tell you, there are so many things the enemy tries to use today to keep us in bondage. 
There are so many things that the enemy tries to use to keep us down and try to keep us in a place where we are bound. But I want to tell you something. Life in Jesus is not the bound life. Life in Jesus is the blessed life. And the blessed life of Jesus does not mean that you have life but you're still bound. You have life and you have freedom in Jesus' name. Let me show you Luke, put up Luke 4.18. Luke, I want you to see the anointing that Jesus walked in. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so we can see this. Jesus walked in this anointing. It's an anointing that makes you free from your past. It's an anointing that frees you from your old perspective. It's an anointing that frees you from the things of this world. And guess what it does? That freedom. Guess what it is? It's a life with a new position seated in Christ. You can see differently. You see yourself differently. You see God differently. And it's because Jesus was nailed. You have that freedom in your heart and in your life. That's the kind of freedom that Jesus offers. What did he say? He said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you know Jesus has given you freedom, somebody give the Lord praise. He's given you freedom. He's given you freedom. But finally, because Jesus was nailed, we have life, we have freedom. And hear me, as our, as our worship team gets ready, we have victory. Before Jesus was nailed, victory was always, always in a place we couldn't get it. It was always unattainable. But because Jesus was nailed, you are victorious. There is nothing that has the power and the authority to defeat you. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. See, I'm, I'm convinced that, that the enemy has been very good at the last two things. It seems like the church is okay to say, yes, we have life in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But we still don't believe that we're free and we have victory. And I'm here today to tell you because Jesus was nailed, you are victorious. You are not a victim to your past. You're not a victim to the opinions and labels of others. You're not a victim to anything because Jesus was nailed. You are victorious. Let me show you from the word of God, Romans 8.37. Romans 8.37, despite all these things, what does that say? Overwhelming victory. Not just a little bit. Jesus nailed it so you could be victorious. Jesus nailed it so you could be victorious. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Another version of that text says we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us. Hear me today. If you are in right relationship with Jesus, all victory is yours. There is nothing that is beyond you. There is nothing that is over you. There is nothing that can stop you because you are more than a conqueror. An overwhelming victory is yours in Jesus' name. Come on, Revelation 12, 11 says we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus.
Jesus and the word of our testimony. If you believe that, stand to your feet. And I want you to give the Lord a shout of victory in this place. Hallelujah.